people, I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's December 20th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and locals. Share, subscribe, tap the notification bell if you have not. Post-game show, as always, rubinreport.locals.com. And it's Christmas in a couple days. DaveRubin.store. Right? Oh, no, that way. In this freaking reverse camera thing. We got hoodies, we got hats, we got mugs, and much more. And your family will love all of them. That is the Dave Rubin guarantee. Uh, we did not do a cold open today because it is not a great day for democracy and I couldn't figure out what to throw in there uh, that was gonna set us up in an appropriate way. But as I'm sure all of you watching this know, uh, there was a ruling in the Colorado courts yesterday that is gonna take Donald Trump, or at least attempt, I should say, to take Donald Trump off the ballot, off the primary ballot. And this is a, uh, let's just say, big problem and not good for democracy. So we're gonna uh, unpack that a little bit. We're gonna get into some of the reaction because of course, some of the usual suspects, say MSNBC people, are figuring out a way to make it sound like it's the right thing to do, to subvert democracy and the will of the people. And then of course, a whole bunch of people across the political spectrum are actually standing up for principle and, uh, and defending Trump in this case. And you guys know, I have been very, critical of Donald Trump over the last six months. I am not supporting his uh, campaign at the moment. I don't think he would be the best nominee. Clearly, I think DeSantis would be better. But as always, I have no problem defending him or the truth or what's right uh, when it should be defended. And this is one of those cases. So we're gonna unpack all of that. We also have a Rubin Report Locals community Q&A for you. And we'll do that after I tell you about Gravity to Fire. Guys, I wanna tell you, about something that's been making my days a whole lot easier. Yes, Gravity Defier shoes. These shoes are something else. I mean, everyone knows Dave Rubin's a fan of comfortable footwear, but these shoes take it to a whole new level. More than just shoes, they're basically clouds for your feet. I'm not kidding. In a double-blind study by Olive View, UCLA Medical Center, and published in the Journal of the American Podiatric Medical Association, participants experienced 85% less knee pain. It's the most powerful shock absorption system put into a shoe. Gravity Defier has patented VersoShock technology. It's like a mini trampoline in your shoe. Whether you're strolling through the park, running errands, or even just lounging at home, these shoes have got your back, or I should say your feet. Even better, they're stylish. You get both comfort and style that look good and feel great. So here's the deal. Gravity Defier is offering a limited, exclusive holiday deal just for you. Just head over to gdefy.com, gdefy.com. Use promo code RUBEN30 and you'll get an extra 30% off your order. That's an amazing 30% off for, for being here today. It's a holiday thank you gift from Gravity Defier. Why not treat your feet to some well-deserved comfort? gdefy.com, promo code RUBEN30 for 30% off, and now back to me. All right, so let's just get right into this hearing out of the Colorado courts because this thing is lighting the world aflame right now. We've got some info from the Daily Wire. The Colorado Supreme Court removed former President Donald Trump from the state's 2024 presidential ballot on Tuesday after ruling that he engaged in an insurrection with his actions on January 6th, 2021. The four to three ruling will be placed on hold pending appeal on January 4th, the court said in its ruling. A majority of the court holds that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under section three of the 14th amendment of the United States constitution, the ruling said. 
because he is disqualified, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. The Trump campaign responded to the ruling by saying that they would swiftly file an appeal, calling it a completely flawed decision that was deeply undemocratic. We have full confidence that the U.S. Supreme Court will quickly rule in our favor and finally put an end to these un-American lawsuits, a campaign uh, spokesman for the campaign said. The court said they had, quote, little difficulty concluding that substantial evidence existed that showed a concerted and public use of force or threat of force by a group of people to hinder or prevent the U.S. government from taking the actions necessary to accomplish the peaceful transfer of power in the country. The court said that because of this, the events of January 6th constituted an insurrection. We do not reach these conclusions lightly, the court said in its ruling. We are mindful of the magnitude and weight of these questions now before us. We are likewise mindful of our solemn duty to apply the law without fear or favor and without being swayed by public reaction to the decisions that the law mandates we reach. So let me just blue sky this thing for you for just a moment before we get into some of the legalese and some of the reaction. The sort of big picture here thing, or the big picture thing here is that removing Donald Trump from any state ballot, removing any candidate from any state ballot, having the courts do that by a 4-3 ruling, that's as close as it can get, is not good for democracy. It does not matter if you hate Donald Trump. It, it does not matter if you think that January 6th was an insurrection, which I think at this point, most sane people can object, objectively say it was not. These people did not have weapons. There was no organization. There was no plan to take over the government. That would have been an insurrection, right? There was a bunch of sort of confused, muddled people, some of whom, yeah, planned to be a bit violent, some of whom were just there to see what was going on. We know there were FBI agents there. We're learning more about, from the video that is now being released since Mike Johnson took over as Speaker of the House. So there's just like a whole mess of stuff there, but I almost think it's a waste of time to even discuss the validity or exactly what happened on January 6th is almost a moot point at the moment. The thing that is not moot at the moment is that we are now in the midst of a presidential primary season leading us to a general election. And Donald Trump, whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not, or whatever, apparently is the leading candidate on the Republican side. And whether he was leading or not, the idea that one court in one state would try to hamper him from being on the ballot, which in essence, you know, if you, Colorado also is a purple state, right? Colorado could go either way. So it is an important state. It's not just some state that he was automatically gonna lose anyway. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge, huge problem. This is not good for democracy. This is, this is banana republic level stuff. And most people, most honest arbiters, and I was somewhat pleased actually, to see this online yesterday, even, even from a couple people who I've either lost some respect for or never respected in the first place. Like, people are kind of getting it. The courts cannot decide this. Like, this is, this is bad news for the future. So speaking of bad news, over on the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, they were covering Trump being removed from the Colorado ballot, which by the way, will now be hung up in the Colorado court on appeal. And then the, the hope is, so I guess we'll find out about that appeal on January 4th. So now of course we have to roll through Christmas and the new year with this nonsense. It could end up at the Supreme Court. Now at the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court happens to lean more conservative. And I think most people, regardless of a conservative court or, or a liberal court, most people don't think this will stand up to the Supreme Court. 
right? Like they just don't think this is the right thing for democracy and it won't stand. But either way, the precedent of doing this sort of thing is not good. So now to the televised mental institution over, over at MSNBC, they brought on Rachel Maddow, Rachel Maddow who has been wrong about everything, whether it was Trump impeachment and uh, Russia collusion and COVID, all of the big stuff. If you pick a big issue, Rachel Maddow has been wrong about it. Well, listen to her uh, brilliant political analysis of what just happened. I mean, uh, listen, I, I think in the, in the broad strokes in terms of our democracy, there are very few magic wands. <laughs> there, are, there are very few sort of, um, you know, magic spells that you cast that um, make, a, make a complex and difficult problem go away. That just, it just doesn't happen very often in our political system. And I think that we shouldn't be under any illusions um, about the, the character and the partisan inclinations, among other things, of, of this current Supreme Court as it is constituted. That said, yeah. it is not. It is, this is not a crazy thing for a democracy to do. This is mm -hmm. um, this is this is something that was a hallmark of post-war Germany uh, after World War II. This is something that happened to Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil quite recently. This is something that our own Congress did in 1868 after our own civil war, specifically to preclude anybody from holding office in this country who had engaged in insurrection against this country. And so, it's it's not unheard of, but it's. It would, it would be an incredible wild card. Ah, well, it sounds like she got the magic wand or the magic potion that she wants, at least temporarily. I don't think she's going to get it long term. We shall see. She has a pretty bad track record of uh, getting things right. So we'll see on that. Um, the idea, though, that the Supreme Court is partisan. You know, it's so interesting because the Supreme Court right now, generally, because of the makeup of the court, does lean more conservative. But that doesn't mean it's partisan. These people tell you what their judicial philosophy is, right? They go through the entire process of getting nominated and they have their hearings in front of the Supreme Court, they get nominated, and then often they go the other way, right? John Roberts, people thought he was gonna be the all-star for conservatives and he's in many ways been a, a little more on the liberal side or at least a little more in the middle. So she's only saying the Supreme Court is partisan because she thinks that the Supreme Court is not going to do what she wants. It's interesting she doesn't mention whether she thinks that the Colorado court that did this is partisan. They did what she wanted, so she's not gonna reference whether they're partisan at all. Uh, but anyway, watch this. This one's gonna blow your mind because every now and again, and I like to give credit where credit is due, every now and again on mainstream media, a sane voice is heard. Now this guy's not always sane, we've played some clips of him over the years, but every now and again it breaks through even on CNN, MSNBC, et cetera. Watch this, this is Jonathan Turley. He's a, he's a presidential historian, if I'm not mistaken. Or is he a lawyer or a presidential historian? I will find out on the other side, but take a look. Well, this court just handed partisans on both sides uh, the ultimate tool to try to uh, shortcut elections. And it's very, very dangerous. I mean, this country is a powder keg and this court is just throwing matches at it. And I think that, uh, it's a real mistake, but I think that they're wrong on the law. You know, January 6th was many things, most of it not good. In my view, it was not insurrection. It was a riot. That doesn't mean that the people responsible for that day shouldn't be held accountable. Uh, but to call this an insurrection for the purposes of disqualification uh, would create a slippery slope for every state in the union. This is a time when we actually need democracy. We need to allow the, the voters to vote. We need to hear their decision. 
And the court here just said, you're not going to get that uh, in Colorado. We're not going to let you vote for Donald Trump. Wow. And, you know, you could dislike yeah. Trump. You could believe he's responsible for January 6th. But this isn't the way to do it. I mean, it is, you know, for the people that say they're trying to protect democracy, this is hands down the most anti-democratic opinion I've seen in my lifetime. You guys know I'm not above correcting myself. That was not sanity breaking through on CNN or MSNBC. My bad, that was Fox News. I guess it's not that surprising that they brought on Turley. Turley is a lawyer and a professor, by the way. Uh, but of course, everything he said there was right. The very people who purport to be defending democracy from Donald Trump are the people who are taking the front runner out or hoping to take the front runner out of the race. That is not protecting democracy. And even if... Again, you thought that what happened on January 6th was really, really bad, and you thought Trump had something to do with it. If we just start saying, well, the will of the people should just be ignored, right? And certain states will just decide who people can vote for, right? So let's say, let's say they get away with this. Let's say Colorado actually gets away with this. For some reason, it doesn't get to the Supreme Court, or the Supreme Court doesn't reverse it if it does get there. What precedent have we now set? Well, any state on any given moment can be like, all right, we're just not gonna put that guy on the ballot. What, what would stop California the next time from saying, you know, they have a highly partisan court, they have a highly partisan uh, you know, system from top to bottom. What would them stop them from saying, all right, we're not gonna put Republicans on the ballot anymore? I mean, not that Republicans ever win anything there, but you get the point. Like once we do this, you're just sort of removing any validity from the system. And that is a huge, huge problem. Uh, Donald Trump was campaigning in Iowa last night, and he responded to what happened in Colorado. It's no wonder crooked Joe Biden and the far left lunatics are desperate to stop us by any means necessary. They are willing to violate the U.S. constitutions at levels never seen before in order to win this election. Joe Biden is a threat to democracy. It's a threat. They're weaponizing law enforcement for high-level election interference because we're beating them so badly in the polls. All right. If we're to believe the polls, what Trump is saying right there is true. I mean, virtually every poll right now, when they show you the head-to-head -head Trump and Biden, Trump is now winning. Uh, Brock just made the point that any red state today should just announce that they're taking Biden off the ballot. Like, you guys want to do this? We'll do this. But you see what that is. Like, it's, it's a joke, obviously, but it was a joke, right? Meh. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but the point is, if you start doing this tit for tat thing, oh, you see what they did in that state? They don't, they got rid of our guy. They didn't like him. Why don't we see if we can get more judges in that will act hourly? By the way, the four to three court, if I'm not mistaken, uh, were all appointed by Democrat governors. Um, so again, that goes to the partisan part that uh, Rachel Maddow is not gonna wanna tell you about. Now I wanna show you some of the reaction from across the political spectrum, and most of it actually was pretty good. Uh, we'll start with RFK Jr., who was, I think he still considers himself a kind of old school liberal, but he is no longer a Democrat, now running as an independent who is not allowed to campaign in the early primary states uh, against Joe Biden because if he even shows up in the states, the DNC, which is way more corrupt than virtually any other institution in the country. And we've got some pretty corrupt institutions. They said that if you campaign in these states, we will not allow anyone to vote for you. Uh, so the Democrats, Trump is right, are no friends of democracy, nor is Joe Biden. But here's RFK's response. 
every American should be troubled by the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to remove President Trump from the ballot. He continued with about an eight tweet thread, but that gets to the heart of it. Now let's get to the guy on the Republican side of things who I suppose has the most to gain if Trump can't be on the ballot, but he did the right thing. Uh, this is Ron DeSantis. The left invokes democracy to justify its use of power, even if it means abusing judicial power to remove a candidate from the ballot based on spurious legal grounds. SCOTUS should reverse. Yes, uh, here's Vivek. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot until Trump is also allowed to be on the ballot. And I demand that Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, and Nikki Haley do the same immediately, or else they are tacitly endorsing this illegal maneuver, which will have disastrous consequences for our country. Um, he's, making, he's making his political move. That's what Vivek is very good about. Like, how do you control media? How do you get the social media people behind you? Who knows if Vivek was even gonna make it to the Colorado primary, also demanding anything from DeSantis or anyone else. Whatever, that's a little silly, but okay, the, the heart of it, I'll, I'll go with. Uh, this is from the Colorado Republican uh, Party. You won't have to, uh, this is in response to Vivek, you won't have to because we will withdraw from the primary as a party and convert to a pure caucus system if this is allowed to stand. Uh, let's jump over to J.D. Vance, obviously senator from Ohio, who's a big Trump guy, uh, talking about how the ruling, really, this isn't about Trump, and that, that's the point. This isn't about Trump. This is about a bunch of judges saying, oh, people, we will not respect your ability to vote, make decisions for yourself. We will tell you who it's okay to vote for or not. Kaylee, it's an effort to stop Donald Trump, not the ballot box, because right now they don't think they can beat Donald Trump at the ballot box, but to use lawfare, to use the legal process as a political weapon to take rights away from American voters. I, I, I will repeat this again and again. This is not just about Donald Trump. This is about millions of American voters who are being told by judges in Colorado, you don't get to vote for the candidate that you would like to vote for. How is that democracy? And how is this in, in any way consistent with the howls of Republicans allegedly being a threat to democracy and then left-wing judges are telling Americans, you don't get to vote for the candidate that you wanna vote for? It, it's preposterous, Kaylee. Here's another thing, and I, just to make a political point, you've had brilliant legal analysts. The question I think for Republican voters is, do we let left-wing radicals choose our nominee? They are staring us in the face saying, we dare you to select Donald Trump as your nominee. You know, one of the interesting things about this, and of course I agree with everything J.D. said there, is that it seems to me that the system actually does want Trump, right? So uh, the, the top layer version of this is like, oh my God, look at all the ways the system is trying to destroy Trump. There's the case in New York, there's the case in Georgia, uh, there's what's happening in Colorado. And all of that, like the easy version of that at the top layer is, oh my God, they're doing horrible things to Trump. And in another way, if you look a little bit deeper, or you think a little bit more, if you want to play a little bit of 4D chess, doesn't it seem like if none of these cases had come up, if this decision hadn't been made in Colorado, right, that there wouldn't be as much momentum behind Trump. Every time they do one of these things, it ignites the base. It gets more people to be like, boy, Donald Trump is the one outsider fighting for us. So there's like this very strange selective pressure that's going on with the system, which on one hand tells you that Trump is Hitler, on the other hand gets an awful lot of clicks 
off of Hitler, and at the same time, I think also wants to prop him up because they think he's actually the most beatable, or he'll be so lost in lawfare, unjust lawfare, that he won't be able to run a national campaign properly. Like, you just have to think about the multiple layers here. Don't just think about this as, oh my God, they're just going after him, and it's just because they want to stop him. Everybody, the pundits, everybody has their own reasons that they want people in or out or how they're gonna get attention and everything else. I wanna show you one more person on this because uh, I thought she's an interesting voice at the moment. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, of course, again, former Democrat, now an independent, uh, though in the last, in the midterms, did campaign with a whole bunch of Republicans. She wrote, Democratic leaders have, camp have completely lost faith in democracy. And that, to me, is the heart of what's going on here. That is it. It, again, it does not matter. I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. It doesn't really matter what you think happened on January 6th. Donald Trump is running for president. You may like him, you may hate him, everything else. If the courts are allowed to do this and basically just take him off the chessboard, what comes after this? You can think of a couple things that come after this, right? We just will not have elections anymore. Courts will decide who will be president. We'll suspend elections, blah, blah, blah. By the way, Trump is, has some blood on his hands related to this, like he's not debating right now. Eventually, if you don't have debates long enough, then why have elections, right? Like all, all, everyone's kind of messy here. I wanna show you a video uh, since I just mentioned Tulsi. Just a couple days ago, this was at a Turning Point event, and Tulsi went there, uh, and this is before, obviously, the Colorado hearing, and she was talking about how it's up to us to defend our freedoms. It's up to us to defend our country and defend our freedom. Who we vote for matters. Being involved in this process matters. Yes, there are flaws and it needs to be fixed, but we can't fix anything unless our voices are heard. We have to elect leaders who are committed to supporting and defending the Constitution, putting the interests and the needs of the American people above all else. We will defend our freedoms by exercising them. We can uphold and protect the truth by speaking the truth to those who reject it. The line that I particularly like there was, we can't fix anything unless our voices are heard. So doesn't this hearing, uh, sorry, doesn't this Colorado ruling come across like they're trying to take our voices away? There are plenty of people in Colorado that want to vote in a Republican primary that is fair, that will put everyone that is running on that ballot and allow them to run. And then subsequently, whoever wins the Republican primary will then have their name on the general election ballot. And if a court, by a four to three ruling, all by Democrat governors, all appointed by Democrat governors, if they say to the people of Colorado, well, your voice doesn't matter that much. We've decided that's an insurrection. They didn't have any plans to take over the government. They weren't taking over the military. They didn't have any weapons. We did have FBI agents out there. It's We were moving barricades, letting people enter, opening doors for people, joking around with people, taking selfies with people. But we, the court, have decided that what we think about that election, about that future election, is far more important than what you think about it. That is banana republic level stuff. And again, I have no problem defending Trump. I have no problem defending the truth and what is right and everything else. And I was glad to see, again, I was glad to see DeSantis. I was glad to see RFK. I'm glad to see Tulsi, et cetera, standing up for what's right. Chris Christie, by the way, put out a good statement. Uh, he said he's not gonna get off the ballot, but he will fight for what's right. And, and Christie hates Trump. So every now and again, some people do the right thing for the right thing's sake. And I think that that's 
important. Anyway, this story obviously ain't going anywhere, so stay tuned on all that. But it sounds like the appeal will be January 4th, and then I suppose if the appeal doesn't go Trump's way, then they will try to get it up to the Supreme Court. I don't know how the, how long that lays out, but it's like, we could just have more and more every day. It's like, could this shit get any crazier? And then they just take us further into crazy town. So may God have mercy on us all. All right, we're going to get to a Ruben Report Locals community Q&A in just a sec. Let me talk to you guys about the satellite phone store. Are you guys in the need for, the sa- for a satellite phone? Well, sat123.com has made it easy for anyone to get one. Satellite phones are a secure way to communicate with no tracking and no one can listen to your calls or read your texts. The Amerstat iSat satellite phone is free on a 15-month agreement. Limited time only, an extra free battery is also included. $95.95 per month, no cost for the phone. 100 minutes or texts are also included. Family plan, multi-free phones are also available. An extra free battery for each phone is also included. These phones will work from anywhere on Earth. Cell phones work on only 7% of the Earth. If you can see the sky, you will be able to make a call. If the cellular networks go down, you'll still be able to stay in communication with loved ones, but satellite phones will always work. All satellite phones and communications are encrypted. Ensure privacy by using proprietary satellite networks entrusted by the U.S. government for decades. The U.S. Senate recently issued a satellite phone for private calls and security. Satellite phones can't be tracked. Big tech can't access your data. This year in the U.S., we experienced the Maui cell phone service going down 90% of the island, 60,000 people stuck in the desert where only people with satellite phones were able to communicate. Hurricanes took cell service down. Be prepared. Be prepared. Go to sat123.com and get your family ready. Christmas time is here. Gift your family safety and security in connections. And now back to me. All right, let's dive into a community Q&A. Let's see if we can get one or two extra ones on the fly. Brock is waiting. If you are at rubenreport.locals.com right now, you can enter uh, comments, questions, et cetera, et cetera. Julia says, Dave, do you think that people are being paid to attend pro-Hamas rallies? I don't know for sure. However, we do know that NGOs and nonprofits, they are out there putting out all of those signs, putting out the kefias, putting out the messaging. They send people there that lead the chance. They tell them which ways to go down on the street. They have people tracking where police are. Like this is a major, people need to understand this is not organic. This is exactly, it's exactly what BLM did. It is the same exact thing, in many cases run by the same exact people, the same exact NGOs. There is no doubt they are coordinating with international organizations, um, which is why I think that what the next layer of protection against this is, because you know you can't just let these people just, t- okay, they could just take over Penn Station. Just take over Penn Station. Stop families from getting out of the city. Uh, because you're you're pro uh, river to the sea genocide. No, it's not how a functional society can work. You can't take over Penn Station. You can't take over Grand Central Station. You can't take over the Manhattan Bridge. You can't take over the 405 in LA, except you can, right? The thing is they can and they know they can. And the next level that responsible governments are gonna have to do, and we've already passed some laws on this in Florida, I don't know that it's gonna happen in the blue states, is you're gonna have to look into material support for these organizations, right? So like Students for Justice in Palestine has been banned from a couple colleges here in Florida because they were able to look at it. The Florida government led by Ron DeSantis was able to look at these organizations and they weren't stopping them for, from speaking up, using exercising their free speech, but they figure out what material support is. Are they coordinating? Who are they getting money from? Where do these NGOs get their money from that then pay for things for these students to be out on the streets with? 
et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know about direct payments. I would guess there is some level of that. You have to think a couple layers uh, deeper. And and I really mean this about, it, it was just something about the, the, you guys saw the videos. We played them on the show yesterday, I think. Something about Penn Station and Grand Central being taken over again and that nobody does anything. Societies can't last like this for very long. If you have a bunch of masked guys that look like Cobra soldiers from G.I. Joe screaming that they're gonna kill people and they want genocide and all of the rest of it, and even if they weren't even saying anything bad, if they just take over places of transit and then people can't get in and out of the city freely, like you can't really have commerce there. This is the holiday season. They're going to the Christmas tree at Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller Center. At some point, it breaks down everything that brings us together. and. The scary part is maybe we've already cra uh, crossed that uncanny valley in several of these cities. We probably have. I, I think I referenced on Fox yesterday. It's like it's like who's coming to save New York City at this point? One hundred and ten thousand uh, new illegal immigrants are now in that city. The si the city system is stretched thin. We know that law enforcement is fleeing. The NYPD had to lower the uh, the qualifications to become an officer. They don't have the backing of the mayor. So how does any of this turn around? What does that rock bottom thing look like until it gets reversed? I, I don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, Veronica says, have really enjoyed the people of the internet show. Uh, what is something that you have learned or surprised you about the community from the callers that you've had? So I've really enjoyed it too. You know, we started it two months ago and Isabel Brown is my co-host. We do it at one o'clock, uh, Monday through Thursday. And I really enjoy it. We talk to you guys. Uh, we play some viral clips of the day. Uh, what is something I've learned? Well, first off, we have an awful lot of fans in North Carolina. There is a very disproportionate amount of people calling in from North Carolina. I did a show, it was sold out show in Raleigh for the for the Don't Burn This Country uh, book tour, but I had no idea that I had so many fans in, in North Carolina. So I, my father-in-law lives there. I gotta get to North Carolina, see what's going on. Um, well, you know what's been really nice is that the ages, um, I don't, you know, I don't care about gender or sexuality or skin color or anything, but our, the ages of the people are kind of all over the place. We have, we have people that are calling us that are 18, 19 years old. We have people that are calling us probably up into their 70s, 80s. It's kind of everywhere. And I just love, I mean, my, my idea of the show was that when I'm in the locals community and when we do these community Q and A's or I'm doing a chat with you guys, or even if I'm just like flipping through the feed, I just see things that are like a little more interesting than a lot of what I'm seeing from the pundit class. Like you guys have as many legit thoughts as I do or anyone else that does something like this. And I can learn a little bit along the way. You have interesting ways of talking about things. I also think that people who, who like politics but aren't like in it in it, there's a, there's a fresh view that you can offer to that. And I think it's helped me offer a fresh perspective when I'm doing this show actually. Douglas Murray fan, that is a fine handle. Says, hey Dave, thank you for your great work. I'm wondering what you think about the rising terrorist threats in countries like the US and Canada. Are we doomed to become like Europe? What will be the outcome of these problems? Is there any way uh, to mitigate it at this point? I'm, I'm very worried, and I think everybody should be very worried. Uh, with, when you look at these videos of what's going on on our borders right now, we have no idea who has come in over the last couple of years. We have no idea who's coming in the last couple of weeks. We showed you the videos yesterday of these people getting through the border in Arizona, and then they immediately are put on planes and sent to New York. They're put on planes, they're sent to Chicago. We don't know where these people are coming from. We don't know what their intentions are. They don't necessarily have jobs lined up or families or anything else. Not that even having those things would make it legit to get into a country illegally in the first place. Um, but there is a huge 
uh, war brewing right now in the Middle East. It's happening and, and a bigger war could be brewing. Uh, we, these people have told us what their intentions are with the West, right? Israel's the little Satan. You know who the big Satan is? It's America. Uh, when you see the, the protests that are happening in Europe, I mean, when I was in London for the Jordan Conference, one night I was going from the hotel to the venue and I did have armed security with me on that trip. And we drove, the road we drove by, like there was a mass pro-Hamas rally there. And, you know, we stopped at a red light for a second and I had like this weird thought of like, you know, if these people knew I was in the car, or if I got out of the car for a second, like what would they do to me? Um, are we gonna lead to a place where there will be suicide bombings and stabbings and bus bombings and all of those things like they've been doing to Israel for years in all of our countries? Like, why wouldn't they do it? If you don't, if, if their belief is that the Jews don't have anything to do with the ancient land of Israel. What do you, what do you think they think your, uh, your uh, responsibility, not your responsibility, what do they think your um, ownership over the land of America is? Probably, let's say, tenuous at best. So I am worried about that. That's depressing. Better get some, what, this next one better do something here for me. James says, what are you looking forward to professionally and personally in 2024? Okay, that was better. Uh, well, personally, it's just like the kids are growing now and they're starting to talk more. And like, just, it's just more fun now to like be able to throw them around and we got some outdoor stuff that they can climb on and all that kind of stuff. So like just watching where they go, I think that's like the main personal thing for me at the moment. And I think in the first, uh, I would say in the last couple months, I've enjoyed like being a father more when I get up in the morning and they're just like exploding with energy and joy and happiness. And they're just so happy to see you. And as I've said before, like they're just worlds are so open and you're just like, whoa, you can fill them up with the right things and then maybe put them out in the world and maybe they could do some cool things. And you get to look back on that in, you know, 30 years and go, all right, I guess maybe I did an okay job if, if you hopefully did. Um, and, and to be able to inoculate them from some of the lunacy that we see all over the place. So personally, most of the stuff I would say um, is, is about the kids. Uh, professionally, I mean, this, this was, as, as it fortunately has been for a couple of years now, uh, this has been the best year of the show. It was by far the biggest year. My man Chris just sent us all of our analytics for the year and basically every month we broke every single record across platforms on social media, crushing it, like everything's working, the live streams, the whole thing. So I think the content that we're doing um, has been really nice. Uh, I mentioned this, I think on a post game show, but I'll just say it real quick on this show. I, I don't mean this to brag, but it was just a really nice moment. I got a call from Bob Costas a week ago, broadcast legend, Bob Costas, sports legend, Bob Costas. I've never communicated with Bob, but I got a call from Bob and he just wanted to tell me he thought I was a great broadcaster. Pretty freaking cool. like. Um, you know, I, I got to do Bill Maher, which I had wanted, uh, Real Time, which I had wanted to do for quite literally 20 or 25 years, even before Real Time existed, when it was politically incorrect and I was in high school. Um, so I think this is just the beginning. I also think that, um, you know, I've seen an awful lot of people in my space kind of lose their mind because of the election. I've seen, a, you know, a sort of grifter class just emerge and I will just continue to try to tell you the truth and tell you what I think and, and not be infected by a lot of the nonsense. and. Uh, as it relates to what we talked about at the top of the show, this Colorado thing, like a lot of nonsense is coming down the pike, right? We still have 10 months to this election, to the presidential election, but we still got to get through these primaries. We still got to get through the Trump court cases. We got to get through whatever else they're going to throw us, whether it's an escalation in the Middle East or it's an escalation in Ukraine or Joe Biden's working on three more COVID vaxes or the alien invasion or they shut down the internet or all the crazy stuff. And uh, I guess we'll do it together. So there you go. 
Cam says, uh, I may have asked this before, but who, uh, but do you think the WEF, the WHO, Bill Gates and the rest of the clowns who want to control the world have thought about how they'd control the Middle East and especially the terrorist groups? Um, you know, how do you control the terrorist groups is a really interesting one. So let's say you got control, good idea for a dystopian movie, right? Let's say you got control over most of the Western governments. Like it does feel like they have control of Canada now, right? Like Justin Trudeau is one of their stooges. It feels like we're pretty damn close to them fully having control of the United States. It seems like they, they certainly have control of Brussels and some of the Western European countries. That's one thing to control societies where the people basically behave under the rule of law. But how do you control areas, Middle East, places where the governments don't have that much control, where violence is much more rampant, where you have sectarian violence, where terrorism is just part of the day-to-day -day life? I don't know how you control that, and I don't know where these people, how these people think that they will be fully inoculated from it. You know, these people, at least as far as I know, whether it's Bill Gates or John Kerry or Klaus Schwab or any of these people, these people still have to live on earth. I don't know exactly, you know, I know Bill Gates has like a, you know, he's got many houses and he's the largest farmland owner in the United States. But at some point you can't have all of the societies collapsing everywhere because it will reach your doorstep unless they're all living underground or, which I don't think they want to do, or leaving the planet altogether. I mean, God only knows what these people are planning. So I don't know the exact answer to that question. Janzi says, good morning, Dave. How are you and David bringing in the new year? We usually leave the holidays for amateurs to celebrate and we stay home. Well, this is gonna be the first year in about seven years that I think we're just gonna do a low key thing. Uh, we have friends in Miami, even before we lived in Miami, who always, for, for a long, many, many years, have had an awesome blowout, crazy, primo uh, uh, New Year's party, but it doesn't look like it's happening this, this year. So I think we're just, gonna stay at home and watch a movie and I don't know, maybe we'll have some friends over and I'll make some steaks and we'll pop some champagne and just kinda ease into it. I think that'll, I think that'll be okay. Uh, John says, what is your opinion on Tucker Carlson's comments at America Fest concerning DeSantis's online supporters? Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see it, Tucker uh, was on Tim Pool's show. They did a live version of it at this Turning Point event, and Tucker was on with Tim Pool, Charlie Kirk. Uh, I think there might have been one other guy there. And they were kind of going off on DeSantis's online supporters about how mean they are and whatever. And it's like, come on, guys. I get it. I get it. You're all in Team Trump right now. Um, but if you think that the online DeSantis supporters are somehow meaner or they, they have behavior that's worse than the Trump supporters, like that's crazy. Like Roger Stone called Casey DeSantis a cunt and said she faked her cancer, right? I just said the C word back to back days. We, we, need, a, we need to end the year. <laughs> um, like, like I've seen such insane behavior, you know, these Laura Loomer crazy people who've said horrible things about me, people trying to dox people, but I, I don't think it, I don't think it, behooves anyone to get into who, who's worse or whatever, you know, Trump with the sanctimonious calling people names, all, all of those things. I think what it really, what it really shows is that people just go off in their directions. Trump, uh, sorry, Tucker, uh, Tim Pool, these guys, like they're on team Trump now. So they want to do everything to destroy DeSantis, right? Like that, that is just how it is. I have tried to play this as honestly as possible. I think I, I think I did that rather effectively at the top of the show today, right? To defend Trump without reservation when, he, when it is worth defending. 
Uh, but you know, there's selective pressures when it comes to you, you want clicks, you want likes and everything else. But I'd be happy to discuss this with any of those guys for real. And I think I'm interviewing Tucker or we're gonna do a back and forth interview or something in January, so stay tuned. Uh, Prusky says, I would just like to say uh, to the Ruben Report team and Dave, happy Hanukkah. And I hope you and your families have a wonderful Christmas and great new year. Also, thank you for what you do. My question is, if Congress and the Senate can fire Santos for the illegal things he's done, shouldn't people like Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, AOC, and the rest of the Hamas caucus be fired as well for supporting a terrorist group like Hamas? It is a great question and it, and it goes to how we can all sit here all day long and say the Democrats are idiots and the wokesters are morons and these purple haired asexual losers are blah, 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 blah. But in many ways, they congregate and coordinate way better than we do, way better than we do. I don't even know exactly what Santos did or did not do. I'm not even totally sure, but I have no doubt that Rashida Tlaib has done far worse. And yes, she was censured by Congress, but she is still in Congress. And there is no doubt that she is 100% a supporter of a foreign terrorist organization. Like there is just absolutely no doubt of that. And you're right. Uh, Ilhan Omar is and AOC is, but Tlaib is, Tlaib is like the one when it comes to this thing. She's the general there. Um, but Republicans are weak, right? I mean, what do I always say? Like, you know, you don't have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat. And the reason I say that is because the Republicans kind of suck too, especially at the national level. We have pockets where they're really good. Florida has a really good Republican machine. The national Republicans just ain't that great. Uh, Larry says, do you have unspoken limits on what issues you are willing to explore or discuss on your shows or who you're willing to interview? That, that's a good question. I mean, unspoken. I mean, I suppose there are some limits. Like I don't really have a desire to sit down with a white supremacist uh, or something like that. And I wouldn't have a desire to sit down with a, uh, you know, a jihadist or something. Uh, certainly not in my house. Not going to invite those people over. I think that it, look, I'm not for jailing people for having odious beliefs, obviously, and they can, they can share those beliefs with their friends and family and, and everything else. You can't do it on other people's property, but I don't have to give air to everything. I think one of the things that's been sort of interesting for me over the years is I was put on the map as one of the free speech guys because I was coming from the left and I was willing to talk to people on the right. And then by doing that, I got endless hate from the left. Like, how could you talk to these mean people like Ben Shapiro and Dennis Prager and Jordan Peterson, who all turned out to be, no, you know, let's say, like, certainly within the Overton window of normal conservative beliefs that most people have. But I was hated by the left for that. And that's one of the things that the left did. It kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking that Overton window of what we're allowed to talk about and who we're allowed to talk to. So I got pushed out just for talking to people. And then ironically, what we found out about the left over the last couple of years is as they shrunk the ideas you're allowed to talk about, it, it created a very toxic set of ideas that you could talk about, right? Because you everything had to be then seen within that woke prism. And now you have literally Harvard students calling for genocide. So um, I suppose, I don't know if it's spoken or unspoken. I mean, I can tell you this, when we set up the show every day, all day long, I'm, I'm sending, I see things on Twitter or wherever they are. I send them to Phoenix throughout the day. We put the show together in the morning. Sometimes we change something or we'll change an order. It's very rare. I'm trying to think one time, maybe we scrapped the entire show and redid it over altogether. Did we even do that once? Maybe once like 75%, but we, we have a pretty good sense of, of kind of what we want to do and, and whatever. But if you guys see a blind spot on that, I'd be happy to hear it. 
Uh, Lori says, people believe that the First Amendment reference to religion is simply about separation of church and state. I believe the actual intent was pre to prevent the government from establishing a state religion. Does it appear to you the state is trying to force an a-religious worldview upon us? Ah, this is a this is a good question that I, I would like to do a little bit more of this in the, in the next year. Um, are they trying to put an a-religious view on us? Well, look, if you have a perfectly secular society, it's very hard to have institutions that last, right? And I think that's why we're seeing most of our purely secular institutions fail, our, our schools and our Ivy Leagues and all of these things, they're, they're just collapsing. Our, our places of science, the WHO and the CDC, like this purely secular worldview. I think perhaps in places like uh, Cambridge or Oxford, across the pond, where there was like, you know, very powerful divinity schools that were as respected as all of the, say, natural sciences and things of that nature, there was like an understanding, like you have to have a little of that and a little of this to make it work, right? You have to have a little of like, you could, you know, you want to call it like the imagination with pure science, but, or that leap of faith with what we can empirically prove. And I think societies are trying to now figure that out. Um, I am not here to force anyone to believe anything religiously or anything else. And, I, and, and absolutely, the founders did not want that. But at some point, if you have a completely moralist society, then no one will follow the laws. You know, it's, it's sort of why th what the Democrats have done is so dangerous, right? They tried to destroy all of our previous beliefs. They tried to destroy our founding documents and a true assessment of history. And then, and they also tell you that you know, the whole founding was bad and all of those things. And then they say, and also, by the way, we're not gonna make it so that you actually have to abide by laws and things like that. And then you have a bunch of purple-haired, crazy people who don't know that their genitals have anything to do with their gender stealing Lululemon pants and punching police officers in the face and calling for genocide. And you wonder how you got here. So yes, we should do more on that in the new year. David says, uh, who are some of your favorite journalists out there? Well, there aren't many good journalists. I would say Megyn Kelly in terms of like, if you were to look at the type of people like me that try to present things in an honest way that I know personally and privately. I, I know some people that I'm not gonna throw under the bus at the moment, but that personally and privately are very, very different. Like the guy that's huge in Trump world who was at my house in March telling me that he loved DeSantis and Trump was too old and everything else, who's out there. You know who you are, guy or gal. <laughs> um, but, but there are some people that are the same way both sides. And I would say Megan is exactly the same way both sides. And I think she really tries to call balls and strikes. Uh, but in terms of journalists, like out there doing journalism, I think Bill Malusian is doing a great job. You know, we covered some of his stuff yesterday. He's usually on the border for Fox. Uh, what's his name? Peter Ducey over at, also at Fox, but he's the guy at the White House press briefings. I think he's doing a really nice job. I'd say Andy No, my friend who's now over in London because he was in Portland for years and it became very unsafe for him to live there. And he's really covering a lot of what's going on on the kind of jihadist front and the, and the Antifa front in London. Um, who else? Give me one or two journalists James that we like. James O'Keefe, obviously, formerly of, of Veritas. I think he's doing his own thing now with some of that uh, undercover stuff. Oh, Greg Price. We, we do play a lot of clips from Greg Price. He does a nice job. You just got to kind of find people and, and you know, you test them over time. Boy, did you really blow that story? Did you really lead me down the wrong path on that one? And if you have a pretty good track record, then I think they're worthy of, of sticking with. Einstein says, have you ever visited Maine? Our state is beautiful, but derailed. I don't think I've ever been in Maine. 
But it's funny that you say it's beautiful and derailed because I'm fairly certain I have a cousin there and I think she's a socialist. I unfollowed her on Instagram. I couldn't take it anymore. So I'm not kidding. I should find out what's going on there. Uh, Big says, what was your favorite Hanukkah president present ever as a kid? I, so I did see this question in advance so I could get you the picture. I have referenced this before. So you guys know I was a big Transformers guy back in the day. So that is the original like 1984, 1985 Megatron. And of course he was the leader of the Decepticons. And as you can see, he transformed into a gun. And the reason this was my favorite gift was because for like two years, I really wanted Megatron. And I had Soundwave, who's, who's right over here. Uh, Connor, can we jump to that? There's Soundwave uh, right there. Uh, and I had, you know, Starscream and the rest of them. But my parents would not let me get Megatron because he transformed into a gun and they thought, all right, guns, what are we going to do? He's going to grow up and start shooting people because that's <laughs> how it works and whatever. And then one of my friends, Josh, got Megatron. And find some, and he was pretty good. He was pretty bright kid. He was actually very bright. They used to wheel in a cart from a more advanced grade. I think when we were in like third grade, they would wheel in a cart of fourth grade stuff for him. So he was bright. And my parents were like, oh, Josh got Megatron. We will allow David to get Megatron and then let's put Megatron back up. I got Megatron, ended up robbing a bank uh, when I was uh, sixth grade. Robbed a bank, made away with uh, $45,000. It was pretty good. Terry says, what were some of the highlights for you this year in 23? Uh, well, in terms of the show, I mean, especially in light of what's happened over the last couple of months, that, that uh, week or 10 days that we spent in Israel was, was so magical. Um, it, it was so peaceful and wonderful and seeing a place that, that had so much ancient stuff and so much new stuff and, and especially Jerusalem where we spent more time than I had ever spent in Jerusalem. Our first, I think, four or five days were there and watching them excavate and, and literally uncover the past and show you the, to go to the city of David where uh, it's right outside the old city of Jerusalem and know that you're walking down the same paths that Jesus walked, you know, when he was going to the, to the temple in the ancient days. And then to be right outside of that and see these absolutely gorgeous, everything in Jerusalem has to be built with Jerusalem stone and see these beautiful buildings going up and you just see both ways. You see, you see the past and the future at the exact same time. It was just, it was just wonderful. And, and especially in light of the situation now, um, you know, I don't know that I would, that I certainly will go back. I'm actually trying to figure out if I can even get back there in January for a little bit. Um, but will I ever feel that, that, it feels very innocent. It's kind of funny to think that, I suppose, that you would go to the Middle East and think it felt kind of innocent, but but in light of recent events, it kind of feels that. That was probably the, the main highlight. Obviously, the Mar thing was a big highlight. Um, building this studio, which I think is really the most beautiful studio in the biz. Like, look at this place. Like, I'm so proud. We, we did this all by, we brought in some contractors, obviously, but we designed it ourselves, the artwork, the color scheme, the whole thing. Um, filling out the team, our new guy, Joey, who's uh, right over there. Uh, I feel like we have the right team in this studio, we'll be expanding a little bit into the next year. Like we just kind of did that stuff right. So it was, it was a really good year around here. And I, I, uh, I truly thank you guys for that. Uh, on that note, uh, are we doing a post-game show today? We, we are doing a post-game show today. I don't even know why I asked. We do a post-game show every day. RubenReport.locals.com if you want to get in a couple extra questions. Uh, the merch store is up, as I mentioned, DaveRuben.store. And uh, although we did not cold open you today, we will cold close you with a little Jacqueline Kamala. And saying you can't do it by executive order any more than Trump can do things when he says he can do it by executive order. Does the vice president have a point there? Some things you can, many things you can't. Let's let the senator answer. 
Well, I mean, I would just say, hey, Joe, instead of saying no, we can't, let's say yes, we can. <laughs> let's be constitutional. We got a constitution. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.